You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, sponsored by Lono Coffee. Visit LonoCoffee.com, use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. Today, the winning streak has ended thanks to a 20-15 loss to Seattle. I'm joined by Sam Fortier and Nikki Jabvala from the Washington Post to rehash the game and what it means. You can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam4, the number 4, TR, and Nikki at Nikki Jabvala, N-I-C-K-I. J-H-A-B-V-A-L-A. You can read my work on ESPN.com. In case you missed my podcast last week with John Riggins, it's worth to go back and give it a listen. It's always fun visiting with Riggo, still a character, and you can find out why he likes 18-hour rides in silence. Before I get to my conversation with Sam and Nikki, I wanted to share a few observations. Quarterback Dwayne Haskins showed what he has in the past, that he's resilient. It's what Ron Rivera pointed out when he, what he saw in Haskins when he watched the game against Detroit last season. And we've seen in other games, the Philadelphia game in the opener, for example. He's able to bounce back after bad mistakes. He nearly completed a comeback, and perhaps if not for a bad sequence of events at the end, Morgan Moses, who I think was hurt, got, had some issues in protection, gave up some pressure, perhaps Haskins would have led the unlikely comeback win. He competed. I know that should be a baseline for anyone, but it's one thing you have to like about him. After his second interception, Haskins led, led two touchdown drives and nearly a third. He was far from perfect. His mechanics were much better than a week ago. You didn't see some of the same issues that you saw against San Francisco. I do think it's clear that they weren't really trusting him early in the game based on the play calls. There's not a lot to work with for these offensive coaches when it comes to the talent on this on this team. The scheme can only take you so far. I want to watch the rewatch the game to see how Seattle was defending them early because if all you're going to do is throw a horizontal, which is something he did a lot of at Ohio State, then they will attack differently, and they're going to attack more aggressively on those plays. When he's able to start working the intermediate areas, another strength of his in college, then he was better. Ron Rivera said he started giving himself more time to let routes develop after the second level. The interceptions were bad and costly. They could have used the potential three points on the one that was ended by the first pick. They were in Seattle, and they were in field goal range. It was a ball that was unnecessary and to a mostly covered target. Just a bad decision. The second one, he got fooled by the corner and we thought was going to stay with Terry McLaurin on a deep on a go, go route, but Haskins was looking there the whole time. The corner drops off. He needed to dump it off to Peyton Barber in the flat. On that play, Seattle dropped the defensive end to that side as they rushed only three. So a dump off to Barber puts him one-on-one with a defensive lineman, probably gains 10 yards. Cam Simmons wasn't really open on that play, and the ball was underthrown. So a bad, a bad decision compounded by a bad throw. Again, and even Haskins said it after the game, take the check down, 
get the yards, take the profit, get to the next play. Had he done that, they'd have been pretty much in field goal range there as well. Those mistakes were why I think we all wondered the same thing. Would he even start next week if Alex Smith couldn't play? I know that early in the early in the year when they first made the benching and all that, they weren't afraid to go with Steven Montez ahead of him. The one thing that Rivera talked about with Montez today, he's never played in a game. He didn't even get a preseason game. That's a big that's a big issue from losing those preseason games. A guy like him never got any sort of on-field action. That's why they kept three quarterbacks active. So in case they had to make a move with Haskins, they would also have a guy backing up Montez, whom they've had before in Taylor Heineke, and, and a guy who has played in the NFL has had thrown 58 passes in case, it, as Rivera said, it was too big for Montez. We don't know yet Smith's status, but after the way Haskins ended, yes, he would start Sunday against Carolina. That's what Rivera said. I've kept saying there's not nearly enough evidence to suggest that Haskins should be considered their QB of the future. Right now, though, what they need him to be is a guy who can help them win a division title if he has to continue playing. Those mistakes are concerning because they've happened too often, but at least he showed that when he gets into a rhythm, he might be able to help. Washington's defense allowed allowed 181 yards rushing. However, 88 of that came on two runs. Now, of course, those plays count just as much as all the other ones do as well. Um, so it still wasn't good, but again, a lot of that came on two plays. I think it was like 24 for um, less than 100 on the other ones, but again, it all counts. Washington was definitely, and 38 was on a Russell Wilson scramble. Washington was definitely concerned about stopping Seattle's passing attack and used more two safety looks than they seemed to have used in a while. They wanted to provide safety help for the corners to make sure that DK Metcalf or anyone else didn't kill them down the field. Russell Wilson does not function as well against zone. In fact, he only threw 421 yards. I think that was a big factor. That too deep look, though, when they used it, left them vulnerable to the run. The front seven had to have a strong game to make it work. Without two starting linebackers, that was difficult to achieve. Sean Dion Hamilton had lost his spot in the rotation. Thomas Davis is 37 and, and really playing like it. I like rookie Kaliki Hudson, especially on special teams. I knew, know there's some people there who have been wondering what he could do on the, when he gets on the field. He adds energy, but it was his first game. Anyway, I think, I think that it played, the, the two deep played a factor in the run defense. Having said that, when Carlos Hyde scored on a 50-yard run, it came against a single high look. So it wasn't just because of that. In fact, on that play, and Montez Sweat fell for Seattle's boot action. He was in the backfield. He was in position to stop Hyde on that play, but as Wilson turns, he starts to go toward Wilson. The thing is, Cam Curl had blitzed to that outside, so he would have had Wilson if that had been the case. It also didn't help that Deron Payne got moved out of his hole there, and then Davis was then blocked. It shouldn't be a surprise that Washington lost. They're not better than Seattle. I do think it speaks to how, if Washington gets to the playoffs, it won't be an easy out for another team. They do have guys on defense who can make plays. You saw Montez Sweat, what he's done, another tip pass for an interception, this time by Payne. They've been resilient all year. They've fallen behind in 10 games by double digits, and while they're only 2-8 and eight in those games, they've come back to win, to nearly win, four of the last five times they've fallen behind by that. The fifth time, they actually completed the comeback versus Pittsburgh. This was really only early in the year against um, Cleveland, Baltimore and the Rams that they they weren't able to do anything to come back. Their glaring issues are why they fall behind. Their resiliency is why they recover. It certainly makes for a frustrating team to watch, I'm sure. 
I do think this group likes playing together and does like playing for Rivera, and I think that matters. It's what I've heard from conversations with players or their agents or their friends. And keep in mind, it's really you have a team whose quarter, whose starting quarterback, Alex Smith, has recovered what he's recovered from. Then you have Ron Rivera, who's overcome the cancer situation. That kind of stuff filters down to the rest of the players, and I think that's why that they'll, that's partly why they'll be a tough out. In addition to the fact, that I think the defense can make some plays, and, but they need to get some consistency, consistency from offense. They need Antonio Gibson back. And now Ron Rivera seems confident that, that, that um, Gibson will return at some point this season. I will say from watching him from practice Friday, early on when he's doing some position drills or just some, you know, some um, agility work, early on it looked okay. And then a couple times you looked and saw, okay, you can still see he's having some issues with it. So we'll see how he progresses. But that would be a big, big help for them. Anyway, that's enough from me. After this break, I'll be back with Sam Fortier and Nikki Javala of the Washington Post. You've heard me talking about Lono Coffee for a couple months now. Let me tell you a little bit about who they are and what they're about. Lono Coffee is based in the Shenandoah Valley, just a nice bunch of people who are open for business during this trying time. Just look at their website, lonocoffee.com, and what do they highlight? Their core values of quality family, transparency. They work with co-op farmers from all over the world to source their beans. They also support small farmers to find the right beans. During this pandemic, one of my saving graces has been grinding my beans from Lone Oak Coffee and taking a few minutes before the day to savor the coffee, get my mind right, put a little jazz or Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong on in the background, it's even better. I've enjoyed all their blends, but among my favorites, the Ethiopian Guji, love the berry flavor, the Mexican Chiapas, and their house blend. Start your day off right with Lone Oak Coffee. Visit LoneOakCoffee.com, that's L-O-N-E-O-A-K, coffee.com. Use promo code COFFEE2020 for a discount. You can thank me later. I'm with Sam Fortier and Nikki Javala of the Washington Post, and I wanted to get their impressions of this game. Let's start off with the obvious Dwayne Haskins. At what point did you guys wonder, is this kid going to get benched? Because the way he was going, that was like, you know, that's what you're kind of thinking. Nikki, what would you think? Um, after that second interception, I thought there might be a point where we would see either Steven Montez or Taylor Heineke, but kind of bounced back from that. I mean, he said he got mad after that. Yeah. Um, but after seeing that, I thought, oh, geez, this is not looking good for the rest of the game. Yeah, even after that second interception, I think he started off that drive a little shaky. And I think even even as he settled down, it's still maybe, – maybe that last drive when he had, you know, the, the sidearm throw and a couple of those other throws, that's what I thought we were going to get from Dwayne Haskins this year. But, but I don't think he looked comfortable for probably three, three-and-a-half quarters. Right. And, and it just really seemed like, like they might have to go – in another direction, but I think they were intent, at least today, seeing what he could do after such a long layoff. We, I mean, that, and that's, you know, we, we've seen him be resilient, and I think that's a good quality to have. What else did you see from him maybe in that last quarter that, that suggested that, again, and I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but like not so much as he's a quarterback of the future, but can he help them get to the playoffs if they need him to? He seemed more willing to settle for the smaller plays instead of always yeah. going for the deep shot. And that's that's where he gets he gets into trouble with, on the interceptions is he'll have one good throw, like that 30-yard completion to Terry McLaurin on the very next play, 
he's throwing it into double coverage because um, he's he's right. overlooking you know the running back in the flat or something. So I think I mean that's what I saw, and he he had a good connection with Logan Thomas throughout the game. I mean they had a good connection at training camp, um, and, and I think Logan does a good job of, of helping a young quarterback like uh, like Dwayne, you know, just with what he's able to do and what it, what he's able to see just having been a quarterback himself. And, and I can see Sam's eyes light up talking about Logan Thomas because he <laughs> is the Logan Thomas biographer. <laughs> Sam, I promise we'll get to him more in a minute. So just hold your thought on Logan. <laughs> Let's stay on Dwayne Haskins for a minute, though. For, for me, I think you saw it a little bit in the first half as well, but his ability to use his legs to get outside the pocket yes. and create w- was something that stood out to me as, as something we didn't see earlier this year, but, but I thought really helped the offense. I think one was called back because of holding, but I think ultimately just to add that dimension to your game, and Ron Rivera talked about this after the game, you know, just the ability to, to keep the linebackers honest and not always be dropping deep or even focusing – uh, short when he was throwing short so much earlier in the game, just adding that extra dimension. As we've seen, when you know he's not Kyler Murray, he's right. not Russell Wilson, but what they've done to linebackers, if you can do a, a modicum of that, that's still an improvement. And it's funny because I thought we were going to see a little bit more of that earlier this season because he did get in better shape. He did lose the weight, didn't see it quite as much. We did see it today. So you know, I think, and you know, I guess what you wonder is, is this something he could do more of going forward to help himself? I was always surprised he didn't do it more because it's not like he's completely immobile. Right. He's an athletic guy, um, but I, I think he was probably set on becoming that pocket passer, um, more like Manning and Brady than you know what we're seeing more nowadays. Do you have more confidence with him, or is it about the same after this game? I think this was really a confusing performance because he did flash toward the end, but I think for most of it, you know, even throwing high on the run on that first interception, it did look a lot like like some of the th- same things we'd seen earlier this year. So I guess if you were an optimist, you, you could take it one way. If you were a pessimist, you could take it the other way. But I think for me, it, it's not a large enough sample size to truly say one way or the other. I, I think Dwayne can do this or he can't. And I agree with you. I mean, I, don't, I certainly don't come away thinking, oh, my gosh, now they have their guy. Mm-hmm. But did it change anything for you? Anything? No, I mean, I think it's the exact same, honestly, because just like the first four games, he showed a lot of what he's really good at. He right. showed a lot of his potential, but still a lot of the errant mistakes and the poor decisions and, you know, costly errors. So it's, it's still that missed bag, that you know, mixed bag, that inconsistency that um, you kind of worry about. That makes him both dangerous in a good way, right. but um, also a liability. Yeah, so if he has to play against Carolina, what's the confidence level for you guys with him? With, with a different sort of defense, uh, I feel like maybe the, the game plan, uh, you know, with, with another week of practice as number one, maybe you get to a level of consistency that uh, you feel good about. I think if you have Antonio Gibson back, that would be even a bigger step because, you know, Dwayne did make mistakes today, but I think there were also uh, some drops, some things that you couldn't do with, with maybe, you know, Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick that you could do with Antonio. I think... Uh, if you have to start him against Carolina, I would feel maybe a little bit better. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's tough to tell. Right, and those mistakes, as Nikki, you said, those mistakes keep happening yeah. with him. That's the hard part. You can't right. remove those from the evaluation. And, and to me, when, I, when you see somebody make the same mistake repeatedly, you feel like it's just it's not sinking in. They're not learning from it. Um, so, I mean, it just eats away at my confidence and you know, this person being able to be a viable starter in the NFL for any team 
Um, but if he could show, if he gets, if he does get another start, if he could show that um, he he's learned from some of the mistakes he made, like today even, um, I think that would go a long way. Did you learn anything about this team today? I, I think we've known that they're resilient. Right. I mean, I, I think that's the one thing about this team is even when they're down, even when they're down by double digits, they still play till the very end. You know, I've seen teams that quit in the third quarter when they're down by that much. And I, I think that speaks a lot to the team, but I don't know that that's necessarily new. I, right. I feel like that team has showed this. It is. And the, the one thing I wonder, because they did it against Pittsburgh, a good team. Mm -hmm. They did it against these guys, a really good team. It almost did it against the guy because before it was like it was the Giants a couple of times. It was Detroit teams that weren't at this level. So you wonder could they do it in a game? Because when listen, when Pittsburgh had them down, I'm thinking there's no way. And today I'm thinking this game's over. Mm -hmm. So and I had my story mostly written too. <laughs> same, same. But Welcome yeah, to the club. Yeah. So did 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 that sh did that change? Not so much change, but that learning thing, or is it more like what Nikki said for you? Kind of like well, this is what we've seen. I, I think. When we go back, I think it'll be interesting to look at because, and it also could be the fact that Seattle ran the ball so much when they got such right. a big lead. But I was impressed by their ability to contain Russell Wilson, uh, except for that one big run. Uh, I think you know limiting him on the ground is something that they they couldn't do against mobile quarterbacks earlier in the year, especially with their linebacking core as beat up as it was today I thought they actually did a pretty solid job um, but again that, that could have been game flow that, that could have been several other things but um, I thought that they actually held up decently considering uh, the whole situation all right let's talk about Logan Thomas because that's your guy Sam's pretty well with like six seven eight stories now on him in the last couple weeks it's it's too bad your guy is a healthy scratch <laughs> Dontrell Inman that's from training camp you I was like well, which was, oh yeah that's right it was right. That's because I correctly called a touchdown pass the back of the end zone to Dontrell, and I still haven't gotten my money, but we'll talk about it off the air. But what about Logan Thomas? I mean, because this guy, to me, I mean, he's been a – at some point he stopped being a surprise because it's what he does. So what what is what have you seen from him? Yeah, I think that is one of the biggest things that this, this game probably did is solidify him as an indispensable piece of this offense. I think – when you think about what this offense has been, the turnover at quarterback, the turnover uh, at receiver, and, and the way that Antonio Gibson's been hurt, he has been the one constant. I think that's been hugely beneficial, and Dwayne even alluded to it in his post-game press conference, that's been hugely beneficial for whomever the quarterback is. And I think, you know, he doesn't have to have the home run play. He doesn't have to, uh, you know, make the spectacular catches that maybe other tight ends in this league do. Uh, but he's going to find those pockets in the defense and he's going to get open for his quarterback, which is, is really all you can ask for in this offense. It's funny because that quarter, having played quarterback helps his ability mm -hmm. to read a defense too. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think you can see it from both perspectives now as you know, both a, a pass catcher and a quarterback because he was, I mean, to be drafted in the fourth round as a quarterback yeah. too. I mean, he can see it at a pro level. It's not just that he had a quarterback background. So I think... I think it helps young guys especially. Um, you know, he, he knows what they're looking at, and he knows now, you know, more ways to get open for him. What I'd like to do is sit down with him and watch a game with him and say, which play here is a quarterback play where you say, I got open because I read this. Yeah, don't do that. That's a story I've tried. Well, I just want to say, I just, when I was going to say this, I'm like, why would I tell him this? Yeah. So we're going to edit this out, and you've never heard this. I'm going to do a <laughs> Men in Black thing so you can't hear it. So, but that's like, but it is, that would be interesting to watch him. Maybe we'll do this on Zoom next week since we all, so we can all share yeah. the story. Yeah. 
But if, and if you guys hear that, if you guys read this story, it, it started here with me. You all heard it first, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. But, it, but it is mm -hmm. true. But true, seriously, mm -hmm. it would be interesting to watch that. Now, you said you had an advanced stat that you wanted to get out there. Come on, Sam. Give it <laughs> well, I, I know Nikki loves it when I talk about advanced stats, so I had <laughs> to. But but something I thought was interesting is is overthecap.com is, is a contract value analysis right. site. And, and basically, uh, Logan Thomas is owed $3 million this year. And they're analysis of, of his stats, just the statistical performance, which I know is, is always limited in the NFL, but the numbers that Logan Thomas is putting up put his value around uh, $9 million per year. So they're, they're actually having wow. quite a significant value from him. And if you look at it, he's playing like the sixth most valuable tight end in the league, and he's the 30th highest paid. So the gap between those two numbers, just on a, on a flyer that they seem to take off, of Pete Hayner's uh, love of Logan Thomas's game film from the last couple of years has, has turned out to be quite a success. I, w I agree with you, and I will say, Pete, that love also came from the scouting staff too, which <laughs> went to Pete Hayner with that. But yes, Hayner really liked him. I think the other thing is that's funny with that is that nine million dollar value that you said is about what they would have paid Austin Hooper, mm -hmm. and they got you know it just shows you why you can't overreact in free agency if you don't get the name player. And they've gotten so many good players on bargain deals. I mean, you look at it helps obviously having such a young roster and a lot of guys on, on rookie deals. But you know, when you got Terry and Logan Thomas and you know relatively cheap running backs who are producing, um, you know, the you, you can pay more at quarterback like you're doing for Alex Smith, right. and you know you can pay more for a stacked defensive line like you're doing. So. Um, it frees up other areas, but they do have a lot of, and they found a lot of key depth pieces right. this year because of injuries and circumstance. Right. Two more topics, run defense. Any concern after today? I think anytime that, that Ron Rivera spends, you know, a considerable portion of the season talking about worrying about his linebackers run fits, and then you lose three of your top four linebackers and you're, and you're playing a rookie, uh, I mean, I think that has to has to be a big Correct. concern. Obviously, you know, we'll go back and look at it, but uh, I think uh, that has to stand out as a concern going forward. Sound like a coach? We've got to go back and watch the yeah. film. And that's what it is funny though, because like the one thing I've learned: like, the more notes you have to take, the more responsibility you have in the game, the less you can actually process what happens. So you, that's why it's like. But I was like, I always I have to go back and watch the film. Yeah, um, my concern is just with the health of the group. Yeah, you know, I, I think they had improved when they were all playing, um, but if KPL is going to be out for a while if Cole Holcomb is still in the protocol late next week or, you know, Sean Deon Hamilton's injury because he left the game right. early. Um, that could be a serious problem. And last one, what do you think? Do you, did you see enough, have you seen enough from this team to think that they're going to get either these next two or one of these next two? What do you think is going to happen? I have no idea. No idea. All right, Nikki, thanks for I that mean, insight. Yeah, that's why they made me the big bucks. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, to me, it's always going to come down to the quarterback. You know, if, if, I, if we know that Alex is playing next week, yeah, I think they absolutely can get, I think they should get both wins. Um, but if it's Dwayne Haskins or somebody else, I'm not so sure. Right. You know, it's just been too up and down. Yep. If, if Dwayne continues, I think, what he, what he did in the fourth quarter, if he needs to play, uh, I think they'd probably get one of the next two and, and sneak in. If not, obviously that becomes a much bigger question. But, um, you know, as we came in here, Jalen Hurts has, uh, has the Eagles tied in, in Arizona, and I think uh, that's a surging team. And obviously, you know, the Giants, are, are I think, are going to figure it out with Daniel Jones. So, but, but just about this team, 
I think they probably have a complete enough team, and obviously the defense has stepped up, as we've seen in past weeks, uh, to do just enough to get them in. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score. But you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With Boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to Boxes.com, that's B-O-X-I-Z.com, and use our code KIME20 can enter our contest We'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs and for the big game that will include tickets to games next year when fans can finally return in 2021. So go to Boxes.com for more information or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Use the code KIME20. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes. It's anyone's game. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Sam and Nikki for coming on, and thank you for listening. Thanks also to Lone Oak Coffee. I'll just be recording one episode during the next week because of the Christmas holiday. Look for that one to come out Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Talk to you next time.